This podcast is brought to you by China U.S. Focus, recorded on Monday, June eighteenth, twenty eighteen. I'm James Chow. Thanks for joining me, and welcome to this podcast. Every week, I bring you analysis to help break down the complexities that makes a China-United States relationship such an important and fascinating one. This week, I'm in London, where many people are still talking about the Trump Kim summit in Singapore that took place last week. One week is not a long time in real time, but in the world of news and politics, it goes by very fast. That hasn't stopped people from being captured by this story, not just by the two political figures at its heart, but I think the framework agreement they came up with, and trying to understand what it means for all of us, and what it says about politics in the year 2018. I'm going to answer that question. Keep listening for the main analysis. In the meantime, let's cross first to the news headlines to see what's been happening for 1.4 billion people in China. On Friday, Beijing reacted quickly after Donald Trump followed through on threats to step up tariffs on Chinese imports. Twenty-five percent—that's the amount of that tariff on fifty billion dollars worth of Chinese goods. The likely industries affected will be aerospace, robotics, auto, and manufacturing. The U.S. begins collecting those tariffs on July sixth. Now, as I said, Beijing reacted quickly to that news. It says it's going to retaliate with its own set of tariffs. Analysts predict it will target key industrial U.S. states with large proportions of Trump voters. Well, how many Catholics do you think there are in mainland China today? Well, keep guessing. I'm going to give you that answer in just a moment. The Vatican and China have held new talks on the naming of bishops. This has taken place in Rome after the two sides met in Beijing at the end of last year. Sources say there's still no idea on whether a deal could be signed and when that could be signed on re-establishing diplomatic relations between the Holy See and Beijing. Go back to my question on how many Catholics there are in mainland China today, and the answer is 12 million. Well, that's the estimate because no official numbers are. Available. Well, let's turn now to our main analysis, which is the Trump Kim summit, which took place over in Singapore after weeks and months of uncertainty and sometimes direct insults traded between the two protagonists here. But I think what often gets lost in this story is the role that China plays. China has. Every interest in this story, starting off with the fact that it shares a border with North Korea, and of course, it's really the only major ally that North Korea has today. Wang Yi, the foreign minister, said in Beijing afterwards that he welcomed the summit, that he was happy it had taken place. We hope that both countries utilize constructive ways to settle our differences. And resolve relevant issues through a win-win solution instead of the lose-lose approach. 
The word was similar and complementary from Mike Pompeo, his US counterpart. The Secretary of State went to Beijing right after those talks in Singapore, signaling that China will continue to play an important role. And those were the exact words he used when he sat down with Chinese leaders after Singapore. And so we appreciate all China did to help uh, put us in the place where that summit could uh, could happen. And we thank you for that. There's still more work to be done by China and by the United States to get to the ultimate outcome. So what's going to happen next? Trump and Kim have met. They've gone back to their respective work. And how will that work continue? Well, Jonah Blank is a senior political scientist at the RAND Corporation, and he resurfaced the idea that these six-party talks that China has been hosting for many years now plays an even more critical role. Well, I think a return to the six-party talks would be a very good mechanism because the six-party talks were making progress. And before that, the agreed-upon framework between the United States and North Korea under President Clinton made very good progress. Well, as a refresher, the six-party talks were designed to identify peaceful resolution to security concerns triggered by the North Korean nuclear weapons program. The countries involve all the six parties specifically, of course, being North and South Korea, China, the only host it's had, Japan, the U.S., and Russia. The first round of talks took place back in August 2003. There was an eventual stop, discontinuation of those talks in 2009. But what it indicates is that while Trump and Kim had their moment in the limelight, China has played a very important role in continuing that dialogue, not only in the past couple of weeks and months, but over the past decade and much more. Hugh Dugan is a visiting scholar at Seton Hall University's School of Diplomacy and International Relations. He takes another look at this and zeroes in on what it brings to the United States. We had a remarkable event that captured the entire world's attention. The United States, I think, was prepared to just say, hello, how are you? And if that's all it took, that would have been a big success as well. We've seen, in diplomatic terms, uh, a Cold War turning into what I call a cold warmth. Certainly, it was extremely important for Donald Trump, who, no matter what you say, because many people say that other U.S. presidents could have done the same had they chosen to, he's the only U.S. president to have succeeded in bringing the North Koreans to the table. For Kim Jong-un, of course, the PR value on this is huge because when all is said and done, he's still the leader of a state that's largely isolated from the mainstream international community. So for him to go center stage with the US leader, of course, carries enormous weight for him back home and also far beyond his own borders. Now, we're going to finish off with something different this week, a thought for the week. Ewan Relly, Senior Managing Director, who is also co-founder of BDA Partners, spoke out about the likelihood of a trade war and what it's going to mean for everyone involved. Let's listen to him as we wrap up. This brinkmanship does no good uh, to anybody. They certainly do have to get back to the bargaining table again, unless they come to a compromise um, uh, the, the, the public on both sides of the Pacific will suffer. There seems to be a, a brinkmanship and some machismo, particularly by the Trump administration at the moment. 
and I don't expect the Chinese side to back down quickly. You can go to our website at ChinaUSFocus.com for more new insights and commentaries each week by an incredible array of contributors. And you can also find us on social media. China US Focus is the handle on Twitter and also Facebook. I'm James Chow from me in London this week and the editorial teams in Hong Kong and New York. Have a great couple of days ahead and we'll be speaking to you next week on our next episode of Focus Podcast. 